The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Official overdose death numbers haven't been compiled in Alberta just yet, but a spokesperson for Alberta Health says that Edmonton hospitals have seen a notable increase in the number of patients presenting with an opioid overdose during the COVID-19 pandemic. The same is being reported across the country. It's happening in BC. It is happening in Toronto as well. The numbers are up dramatically. Uh, what's happening and what needs to be done as we continue to move through this pandemic? We're joined by Petra Schulz, the uh, she founded the organization Mum Stop the Harm after her son Danny died of an accidental overdose in 2014. Petra, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Jalen. Good to talk to you. So there, there was some good news going into March, February, March uh, from from number when it comes to numbers on overdose uh, overdose deaths. Um, they were reported to be at some of the lowest levels in years. Now they are popping up again during all of this. What are you hearing? What are you seeing about these numbers? And and was this a concern for you when the self-isolating regulations came into play? What, what these numbers show is confirmed by what you hear from people, uh, from families who are affected. Um, we've had uh, several families join us recently who sadly has, has, have lost a loved one. Um, we also hear that from people who work in the field of harm reduction and uh, from people who are involved in substance use. And certainly it is related to COVID with um, we tell people to physically isolate uh, to, to uh, stay home if possible. And um, one of the greatest risk factors of an overdose is using alone. Because when you overdose, um, the antidote naloxone that needs to be given has to be given by somebody else. So using alone is this besides the toxic drugs, of course, is the single greatest risk factor. And that is just um, increasingly happening because of the self-isolation with COVID-19. It was interesting. I read a quote earlier today saying that we are, it says, quote, we're in a really, really difficult moment because the COVID-19 pandemic is intersecting with the opioid crisis in some of the worst ways possible. With COVID arriving, people haven't been able to access or use services like they were. And of course, people are trying to do what they're told. And so you you talk about using uh, when you're home alone and the dangers of that, but not being able to get out to the treatment programs or to whatever it was that was helpful helping them guide to guide them through their situation that has a huge role in this as well doesn't it it does it, it absolutely does um, and that all depends on where the person is at um, if yeah. the person is actively using then uh, they should take any measure possible to use as safely as possible but we also have people who are uh, undergoing treatment and in recovery and substance use treatment is a huge challenge um, it um, it comes with great difficulties for the person and what is important, important for them is that they can see the healthcare provider, that they can see any counselors, that they have all the social supports available. And mm-hmm. we recently had a family join us who, whether the, their son was just out of treatment and uh, relapsed and died. And right after, after treatment, the relapse rate is high and most dangerous because people use tolerance to the substance. And so this is a very, very challenging 
in time for people in, in regards to the overdose risk. We know that uh, there have been a few success stories, that there have been some programs that have adapted to uh, COVID, um, you know, some safe supply programs have become mobile, which um, has helped in some situations. You know, you know, sometimes I think we, we do have to go through things to figure out what is best practice. And, and we can learn from this moving forward. You know, God help us if we ever have to go through this again. But it, it's, a, it's a learning process as well as what we should do and what would be best moving forward? What would you like to see as we move forward and out of this? Well, what I'd like to see moving forward is we need to move to safer supply. You mentioned that these safer supply programs are effective because what they help is they help stabilize people in the moment. Of course, long term, we would like people to become abstinent if that is possible. But the reasons why people use are very, very complex. And when you are in crisis, it's not a time to just go cold turkey and quit. It's a worse time to do that. So if you bring safer supply to people, which means prescription alternatives to the street drugs that they're using. We not only keep people safe, but we also keep communities safe because we see uh, crime rates going up and a lot of that is related to, uh, to substance use. And if we take the illicit element out of the substance, we also take away the need for, uh, for some of that activity that is going on. So it really is a win-win for the individual and for the community. And it's a huge paradigm shift. If you've never mm. thought about it, it, it sounds, um, um, it's, it doesn't sound like it makes sense, but it makes total sense. All right. Petra Schultz joining us this afternoon when we have more time. Uh, Petra, I'd love to sit down and, and talk uh, a little bit uh, more with you, uh, a little longer in yeah. length. I want to thank you for joining me because there's still thank so much you. to talk about on this front. Yeah. And don't use alone, whatever you do, don't use alone, even if you call a friend and have them stay with the phone with you. Thank you, Petra. Always great to talk Thank with you. you. Thank you so much yeah, for joining thanks. us. It's Petra, Petra Schultz, the founder of Mums Stop the Harm. She lost her son Danny to an accidental overdose in 2014.